Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Happy Tuesday and welcome into Cleveland Browns Daily. It is draft week and Cleveland Browns Daily, as always, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio, Nathan Zagura and Gibbe with you today. We've got a loaded show for you. We're going to kick things off in just a moment here with Dane Brugler from The Athletic with some final draft push. You're going to get to hear our exclusive interview with Browns General Manager Andrew Barry later on in hour number one. Kicking off hour number two, Brooke Pryor joins us from the Steelers to talk about the Steelers as we continue our tour around the league. And then Anthony Poizel in Studio 230. So a loaded up show. Great job by you, Gibbe. Good to be back. It is draft week. There's a ton of buzz in the league for this draft. Not as much here in Berea, but yesterday Aaron Rodgers becomes a Jet officially. We'll talk about that a little bit later on the show. But this is a strange draft. We've got Reddit boards moving odds. We've got a lot going on. Where were the quarterbacks go? What's happening at number two? People now saying maybe Stroud's back in play for Houston at number two. Other people say no way. They're drafted a defensive lineman. But finally, we're going to get answers to all of these questions, and it's going to come this week. And for Browns fans, patience. Patience is what I would urge for you. Thursday night, have fun like anybody. Check it out. Watch the draft. Enjoy it. Friday night, then we'll, I think we'll start to get into it, but I don't think you need to worry at all about what's going on on Thursday night as it relates to the Cleveland Browns. And so we'll start just in general. We'll talk more about the Aaron Rodgers specifics, but before we do that, I wanted to talk about a real specific. So I don't know if you saw, it just came out, I think today, um, from Albert Breer this morning about Jalen Hurts' contract. Did you see that? Uh, I saw something that came out with it, and I, I read a couple like quotes that they pulled, but I have not read the actual article. All right, article so five yet. years, $255 million extension, $110 million fully guaranteed, 23 uh, to sign. His base salaries are, wouldn't you know, in 2023, $1 million. So you're saying the first year of huh. a monster extension, $1 million. Is, is there a looming suspension for Jalen Hurts that we don't know about? Not that I'm aware of. It's weird, though, that nobody's bringing that up and nobody's saying, hey, all the people that were complaining last year, why does nobody have a problem with that one? And never mind the fact that every single Browns deal that has been done by this group has had that number for the first year of the contract. It's smart. Everybody does it. It's not just the Browns, but Jalen Hurts doing it. And it's funny to me that we're just not hearing uh, anything going on. We'll see. Yeah, interesting how that works. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to see here. I don't know. I, I you know, it, Andrew Barry, one of the people he learned from, happens to be the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. Oh yeah, Howie Roseman. Uh, yeah. Who'd have, who'd have thunk it? By the way, Bo not here last night was hosting an event down in Columbus with Ryan Day and James Warren. Nice looking spe- Buffalo Trace. Spectacular in the Nantucket Reds. I mean, just absolutely spectacular. Great job out of him. He'll be back with us tomorrow. We certainly miss him, but he'll be back with us tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, it is draft week. It's finally here. I just had to point that thing out about Jalen Hurts because it's just so obvious and it's so. You remember how much grief the Browns got over that? Everybody does it. It's the way that you design long-term extensions. Everybody knows it. Everybody does it. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so now that we've got that out there and into the mix, 
Uh, we're going to get. Did you have a good weekend? I had we're a great weekend. We're still working on Dane. He's wrapping up an interview. Okay, fine. Yeah, I had a great weekend. So, uh, I had a nice date night with the missus on Friday, which was a lot of fun. Ended up dancing at the Greenville till the wee hours of the morning. Saturday, uh, we had the kids, kids, bat mitzvah. Shout out to, to Liza. Oh, it so, was, it was, I didn't realize it was royalties. Bat yeah, mitzvah. Oh yeah. The kids. So that was Saturday night. It was a great time. And then uh, Sunday got up bright and early, actually dark and early because it was still it was only 4.30. And uh, took the 6 a.m. down to Orlando for Scotty Monaco's 40th celebration, which has continued. He's really had a month of birthdays, which has been incredible for him. Uh, and it was fun to be a part of. And we just had the, it, it was the best time. We had the best time. And I was the guy back yesterday. We're back at it. Guy that I talked to yesterday on the draft preview show. Back with me again here today. We go to the Twisted Tea hotline right now for the premier draft analyst and our resident draft guru once again this year, Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Join the show now via the Twisted Tea hotline brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. And don't forget to log on to theathletic.com today. You subscribe, you get his copy of The Beast, the preeminent draft guide, especially this year for Browns fans. Because listen, these are names you're going to have to dig a little deep for. We don't pick till pick 74. You're going to get all the information on everybody you want in the beast. Gibbe, I need to get my beast in here. I'm ready. I'm ready for my beast. Good news. I'll, I'll have it printed out by the end of the day. Okay, good. There's, not, there's enough people that have left the office now that, that we can I can print. just right. hog it and take yes. all, the, all the paper. Good. I look forward to that. And I 308 look pages. Chatting with the author himself, Dane Brugler, at DP Brugler on Twitter. Dane, what's up, man? Hey, good afternoon. How are we doing today, guys? Dane, get, break down your day for us, like in this last week leading up to the draft. How many hours are spent doing interviews? And just kind of like, what does it look like for you as finally we're about to get to the culmination of much of your work? And we'll find out exactly for how long you've been doing it. But this is the week, finally. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a busy week. This is, um, I think I'm up at 12 now today. Um, it just, uh, you know, back to back to back of, you know, just talking about this draft and all the different scenarios. Uh, you know, meanwhile, when I get five minutes, ten minutes, I'm trying to get in texts and calls with, um, you know, my buddies around the league, try to try to get the latest buzz about what we think is going to happen. Uh, you know, I've, I've got that final mock draft that's staring me in the face that i got to do uh, before Thursday morning. So, it's, uh, you know, it, it's an unpredictable year in the first round. And, honestly, uh, it makes it makes for a lot more fun, you know, because I, I think yep. at its core – we're, we're draft fans. And so, you know, we, the unpredictable nature of the draft is part of what makes us such big fans. Um, and Thursday night, it's going to be a lot of fun as we kind of try to piece it together ahead of time and see how close we are. So you're right. There is some intrigue. Did you just say, and did I hear you correctly? This right now is your 12th interview of the day. It is. It is. It's been a, I've got a, a water next to me and uh, making sure I'm trying to pace myself as much as I can. But, you know, I hey, keep those uh, halls, man. You got to have the halls, keep the throat yep, lubricated. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. A, I mean, Donovan yeah, I, I, I need that. to, right. I was going to say, you guys are the pros. Uh, I need to get all the tips I can from you guys. Yes. Yeah, so you're ready to go. All right. Wh- how, when do you start the beast? So it came out, what, I think a week ago now, maybe a little bit more than that. When do you start it? How, what, how long of a labor of love is this? Does this start for you basically the Monday after the draft? Like how, how long does the beast take to come together? Honestly, it's a, it's kind of a living document, you know, cause it says I, there isn't an official start time because I, you know, inadvertently I have a ton of notes for next year already, you know, not on purpose, but you know, you're talking to a coach uh, or, you know, you're talking to someone at a school and, 
talking to a scout and, you know, a, a name pops up. Oh, he's not eligible yet, but look for this guy or, you know, this, this, and this. And so I have a ton of notes already going into for the 2024 class that um, I haven't done enough homework on yet, but at least they're, they're in there. And, uh, you know, when, once this draft is over, take a couple of days to reflect on this draft. Then I take a couple of days to kind of uh, just, you know, take a deep breath. And I spend a lot of May coaching baseball, coaching softball, and just uh, kind of enjoying things. And then really when, when we get close to June um, after Memorial Day, that's what's when I really dive back into the tape, uh, starting to look towards next year and get that base, get, get that starting point for the seniors and then all the top underclassmen that we think could be a next year's class. And so the summer is where you really set the base, the expectations. The season is where that could fluctuate a little bit based off of what you see on the tape. And then, uh, you know, by the time January gets here, all the hay is in the barn at that point. You've done all the work, and it's about reacting to all-star season. And then the combine, then the workouts. We get official testing numbers. How does that change how we view some of these players? Um, and so it's, it's definitely a year-round process, uh, but it's something that overlaps every year. Um, so definitely uh, I've already started on next year's uh, draft guide already. It's incredible, and you can get the beast, as we said, if you log on to theathletic.com today, subscribe. It's included in your subscription, and that is certainly well worth the price of admission. All right, before we get into some specifics and then talk about the Browns a little bit, what was the coolest? For people who don't understand the beast, you will learn everything about every player in this draft, from pronunciation to what they did in high school to if their family has athletes in it to what sports they play, everything. What's... If there was one that stuck out to you this year, what was kind of the coolest story that you discovered uh, in your in your preparation here for the Beast? Well, it, it's funny. I heard from uh, a buddy of mine uh, who did not realize that in middle school he coached because uh, he did a bunch of youth football camps uh, over the years. Um, he didn't realize that in middle school he coached Drew Sanders the linebacker from Arkansas, who's going to be a top 40-ish oh, wow. pick probably. He did not realize it until he read, read the draft guide and read the background and saw what team he was on in the youth leagues. And he put two and two together. It was like, oh, my gosh, I, I coached this kid in Portland, Oregon, when he played for this youth. And like he just, it never occurred to him, never clicked until he read the draft guide. And I thought that was awesome. That, that was That's so really cool, cool to hear. And, that, that's as unique as I've heard, um, and obviously a compliment, you know, because that's how, that's how deep you try to go, you know, try to You're understand thorough. each player. When they yeah. started playing football, youth, uh, you know, at what, at what age, they play youth leagues, did they play? And, and so to hear that from, uh, from a buddy was uh, really cool to hear. But, yeah, there's a lot of cool stories. I mean, Jalen Hyatt, you know, the Tennessee speedster. His dad yep. is a professional cyclist. His mom's an all-state sprinter in high school, okay? No mystery where he got his wheels from when you yep. kind of learn about that. Uh, Derek Hall, the Auburn pass rusher, uh, you know, has a chance to be a top 50 pick this year. Born four months premature. I mean, the doctors told wow. his mom, hey, no quality of life here. I mean, this is, you know, it's, uh, we might have to terminate. Like, it, it, it was not looking good. And then, you know, here he is turning it. You know, he's a 6'4", 255-pound uh, pass wow. rusher, overcome all the odds and uh, about to be uh, drafted. So, uh, a lot of cool stories in there uh, that I think people will really appreciate. And, you know, I always believe to understand where these guys are headed, you got to know where they came from. And no two stories are alike. They're all different. They all kind of paint a picture how they got to this point to be on the NFL's doorstep. 
Incredible stuff. Talking with Dane Brugler. All right, let's talk top of the draft real quickly. You said it is wide open there. We had the general John McLean from the Houston, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, but who was basically the authority down there. He said they are not taking a quarterback at two. He believes it will be a defensive end at two. Now we're hearing, you know, a, a bunch of smoke that maybe they do like C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, all of the above. What do you make of that pick at two that really is going to set this draft off? And then as a subcategory to that, Reddit has now moved the draft odds on Will Levis because supposedly he's telling people he's the number one pick, Dane. Have you, did you fire any texts off about that as well? Uh, I did. I saw that this morning because, you know, obviously you, you pay attention to those Vegas odds. Uh, they don't move for a reason um, or, or for no reason. Vegas is not in the business of being wrong. So you pay attention to those. Um, but I will say, based off of the feedback I got back from just uh, you know, reaching out to a few people that are – uh, close to the situation, they said they'd be shocked if Bryce Young does not go number one to the Panthers. So I think there's a little yeah. more smoke than substance with that talk about uh, Will Levis going one. Now, number two with Houston, that is a little trickier because I think uh, if it's up to the coaching staff in Houston, I think they go non-quarterback. I think they go, you know, it's either Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson. I keep yep. coming back to Will Anderson. You know, I, I understand Tyree, Will, or, uh, Tyree Wilson's longer. He looks like he's built in a lab. There's a lot of betting on traits I get and, and based off of, you know, just how he's built. But give me the guy that tore up the SEC the last three years in Will Anderson, 61 tackles for loss over, you know, 41 games, whatever it was, uh, a unanimous All-American each of the last two years, character off the charts. Um, yep. As good as he is as a pass rusher, I think he's even better run defender. So uh, D'Amico Ryans, I, I think that fits exactly what he wants to build in Houston – but you never know. All it takes is one conversation from ownership uh, to kind of come in and say, hey, guys, um, you know, I know we, we like these two, two defensive players, but we need a quarterback here. And that shifts everything. So, you know, I think we're, we're kind of keeping an open mind right now about what happens at two. If I had to put pen to paper, I'm going to say Will Anderson uh, will be the Spoiler pick, for but, the last uh, mock. That's it. Exactly. We, yeah. we, we, we got some time yet. Anything can happen. So, but then it, the intrigue at three, you know, what happens with, uh, with these quarterbacks? Do we see a team trade up with the Cardinals to get to that third pick? The Colts at number four, we think they're going to take a quarterback, but you know, would they move up one spot? Are they fine staying put at four? And then which quarterback do they want? You know, it could be, I, I believe the Will Levis smoke. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense for, uh, you know, what they look for in a quarterback. I also think Anthony Richardson wouldn't be a shock there at four. And then you also have C.J. Stroud staring you in the face, who a lot of people believe is either the number one or number two quarterback in this draft. So uh, a lot of fascination with these quarterbacks and how the order they come off the board and to which teams in the top ten. It, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Can I say this as just somebody who is obviously – I haven't you know sat here and studied the tape, certainly not of the quarterbacks. That this, you know, we, we, the Browns have their quarterback. Mm-hmm. What I – am stunned by and I've gotten to the point now where when I hear people talk about Anthony Richardson it's gotten to the point for me where I don't even understand how he's not the number one pick of the draft it just sounds Mm -hmm. like he can literally do everything and I know that he's raw but in terms of the highest ceiling it sounds like he has the highest ceiling for sure of these guys and again these aren't my words or my research it's just hearing people when they talk about what he is able to do as an athlete and as a quarterback I'm just kind of surprised that People who love traits and who think about, you know, Josh Allen, for example, right. it, it feels like he's that but faster. 
maybe not as accurate, but Josh Allen wasn't incredibly accurate at Wyoming, and he played, obviously, in better competition at Florida. So without a lot of skill talent around him, I mean, who's the top Florida skill right. position player that's going to be drafted? It's just an interesting yeah. thing. Is that, And that's probably one of the big struggles, right? Traits versus tape versus potential versus the ability to realize that potential. I think Anthony Richardson probably has the widest outcomes of where they could be draft, where he could, he could be drafted. He could go four, he could go 24. And I don't think I'd be surprised either way. Uh, yeah. Because on one side of it, everything you mentioned, he has all these tools. And on, honestly, uh, I'm more um, uh, optimistic about his floor than even his ceiling. Because when you're built like this, 6'4", 245 pounds, and you run a four four three, and you've got that type of arm, that raises your floor considerably. So, yep. you know, you can get out of trouble. You can create on your own and you can make plays down the field. So, I, you know, I don't think Anthony Richardson is going to be this complete bust because I, I really do like his floor. Now, his mental development will really dictate where he ends up with that ceiling. Uh, and that's the question mark because, you know, when you draft quarterbacks, you have to talk about timeline. Where, where do we – when is he going to be ready to get on the field? How long do we think before he's going to be ready to help us compete for the playoffs? That's the answer to those questions are different from team to team. We have to remember he's just still 20 years old, under 400 pass attempts in college, only 13 career starts. He was below 500 in those starts. Um, he has more 100-yard rushing games in college than 250-yard passing games. So, wow. you know, it's something that is – it's actually a very young player. And it, it's – upside's not guaranteed, but he certainly has a lot of things that I think teams can talk themselves into, uh, you know, because he – you know, is a, uh, a a good guy. Like, you know, character-wise, doesn't seem like that's an issue. Um, you know, he's smart. He's you know, there's a lot of things that he has going for him. It's just it's it's the biggest projection because again, sure. he's just 20 years old. Selfishly, I, I would have loved to see him go back to Florida and just get a little more seasoning and be that much more ready for the NFL game. But because he is a guy you want on the field, he, he does need time before he's ready to get on the field. But yeah. I think in order to become more consistent with his accuracy, he wants you need to get him those live reps. He needs to experience NFL speed and understand, uh, you know, just all the timing and all the details of playing the position. And you need to you want him to do that with your number ones. So, you know, are you okay as an organization to take your lumps with Anthony Richardson? And does he have the mental toughness like a Jalen Hurts does to get past those hurdles and learn from your mistakes and be better for them? These are, these are the type of conversations that teams are having when you discuss Anthony Richardson. It's going to be fun to see where he goes because it just feels, again, just from hearing about his gifts that he is immensely mm -hmm. talented, it will be funny to see. Does he end up? Does Detroit take a swing on him, say we can sit you behind Goff for a year and try to really develop you and become you know, that study year down the road, much in the same way that, you know, Pat Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith in Kansas City. So it'll be, I'm curious to see where he ends up going. I think that'll be an interesting one as far as I'm concerned. NFC, all these quarterbacks, go ahead and go to the NFC, no problem there. Um, <laughs> all right, let's play a little a little game for the Browns. Third round, we know 74 and, and 99 are when the Browns pick first. So I'm going to give you a position. I want you to give me the sure. ideal, like somebody that maybe you think is a second rounder, but slides for whatever reason that they could get at the position, and then somebody a realistic target or two at the position that you would like for the fit. So for, for 74 or 99, you can pick for either one of those, but we'll go start with defensive tackle. Um, I, you know, I, I think that Jervon Dexter, I keep coming back to him, uh, the yep. Florida defensive tackle, six, five and a half, three ten, three hundred ten 310 pounds, uh, 21 and a half years old. 
Um, it's an upside pick, uh, someone that will be part of the rotation as a rookie, and then someone you project being a starter, uh, hopefully year two, year three. Um, you know, there's a lot of ability there, um, a lot that we just haven't even seen yet. So I think with Jervon Dexter, you're buying low, and you think you can coach him up. It's a guy that basketball focused most of his life, but there's than what we've seen, um, and more talent. And so um, I, I think that he is – realistic to be there but also wouldn't be surprised if he went in top 60 picks um so i think that you know somewhere in that late two early three would make sense for this team and then who would if if like a mazzy smith or a benton were there would they be in your mind better that would be kind of like the dream scenario but it's unlikely that either will be I'll be pretty surprised if Mozzie makes it out of the first round, to be honest with you. He's just, you know, there's too much to like there. Um, yeah. And too many teams need defensive tackles. Now, and in Benton, there's always a chance. Um, you know, this isn't a great defensive tackle class, and I think a lot of teams need them. That's why, you know, I, I, I would I would be surprised if Keanu Benton fell all the way uh, to the third round. I think there's too many teams that could use him in the second. But if he did fall – um, you know, I, I think that he'd be definitely in that mix. I, they, they, Jervon Dexter and Keanu Benton graded very similar to me in terms of overall grade. You know, they're different okay. stages of he has pass rush potential and another young player. He's still just 21 years old for a fourth-year uh, senior. So um, if Benton were to slip through the cracks a little bit, you know, I, I definitely think he'd be uh, at the top of the list there at uh, 74. All right, same thing with the edge. And, and I remember at the beginning of this when you and I were talking, you were talking about the kid from, I want to say, he's Kansas State. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah. you, don't think, you don't think he would be there in the third round? Probably not. I think there's a better chance he goes in the top 60 picks, Felix and Uduke Uzama. Yeah. Um, you know, he's uh, 6'3", 255 pounds, um, you know, a guy that – uh, is good enough against the run, but he's he's a guy that gets after the passer. Um, you know, he can win at the top of the rush. Um, he he will use different uh, hand techniques, uh, set up rush or set up blockers. Uh, does a really nice job. So I think he's somewhere in that top sixty mix. Uh, it's a it's a really deep year for edge rushers. And so which one of these guys might might slip a little bit? Um, you know, I think one that I keep coming back to for for this team, and, and maybe this is even with that second third round pick, but Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri. Six yep. four and a half, two hundred and sixty eight pounds. Uh, another young player. He's a twenty one year old, fourth year senior. He's he's an ascender. He he every year he got better and better and better. All you have to do is throw on the uh, Georgia tape and watch him go up against Broderick Jones, who's going to be a, a top twenty pick Thursday night. And you see him convert speed to power against uh, the left tackle. You see him uh, use the the physical hands, the heavy hands, to go through uh, Broderick Jones. And, and so he also has speed to him. He's got an NFL body, um, you know. And, and 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 as I hear myself talk, maybe maybe you do have to take him to seventy four because you know you don't want to you don't want to pass on him there. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a guy in that third round mix. I think would make sense for the Browns. Would he be? If if the, if he were the selection, is he like a nice complement to Alex Wright in the sense that Alex Wright's more kind of the big end, played the run very well. We don't know what he's going to become as a pass rushing league, whereas McGuire, somebody you think as a rookie could step into sub package pass rushing roles. Uh, no, honestly, he's probably more along the lines of what Alex Wright is and Isaiah Thomas. Um, you know, because he brings that power. He's not. He's he's more of a power guy than a pure speed guy, but he does offer a little bit of both. Um, okay. And he he has that length, and so you know he'll long arm blockers, he'll uh, convert that speed to power. So I don't know if you're if you're looking for a perfect complement, I'm not sure he fits. But I mean, I think you're at, at that point in the third round. I think you want 
just really good rushers. Um, you know, if, if you're looking for more of the speed guy, I think maybe maybe even wait until the fourth round. And uh, a guy like uh, Lonnie Phelps from Kansas, I, I think he might be uh, more of that speed complement. Six two and okay. a half, two hundred and forty five pounds. Um, you know, he he was a Miami of Ohio guy, transferred to Kansas this past year. Four five five speed at that at that size, um, and, and he is tough to control off the edge also plays on special teams so yeah if they want more of that speed guy on the edge um you know maybe a nick hampton out of appalachian state in the third round uh but maybe they wait to the fourth and get a guy like lonnie phelps out of kansas love it dane awesome best is there one name real quick and we'll get you out of here one name real quick at the safety position if the browns were looking for that safety slot corner type of a player is there anybody in this i've heard it's not a great safety draft but is there anybody Mm -hmm. that seems like might be a fit for you in that regard if Quan Martin out of Illinois were to make it to 74, I would have a hard time passing on him. Um, you know, I think he's one of the, the top nickels in this draft. He, he played, uh, you know, more of a single high, but also rotated down, played in the slot. Uh, 5'11", 195, uh, one of the more athletic defensive backs in this class, blew up the combine. Um, you know, there's a lot to like about the way he, the player he has grown into, especially this past year as a full-time starter, Quan Martin, uh, one of my favorite players in the draft and a guy that if he's there at 74, um, I would not be surprised at all if the Browns are interested. Um, Jamie Robinson, um, with that, maybe that second, third rounder, maybe that first, fourth rounder, he could be in that conversation, five, ten and a half, 191 pounds, um, you know, average speed, average size but he's a quick reaction player. He's a guy that does not think too much. He sees it and he goes. So you see the range, you see the ability to track down ball carriers in the run game um, and he'll drive on throws and and break them up too. So uh, Jamie Robinson, if you're looking for that nickel safety, uh, you know, he'd be another one of those options late third, early fourth. All right, the great Dane Brugler. Follow him on Twitter at TP Brugler. Get on the athletics, subscribe, get the beast. I, I really think it is it is the must-have complimentary piece for watching the Browns draft every year, but especially this year when the first name that's called for the Browns is probably somebody that you aren't all that familiar with. I mean, that's just 74th pick in the draft. So get the get the beast. Dane, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for the time. Rest that voice, and we appreciate you spending <laughs> some of your time with us. Anytime. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Dane Brugler brought to us via the Twisted Tea Hotline. Twisted Tea, Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. When we come back, we'll go around the league really quickly, get some reactions to Aaron Rodgers being a Jet, talk a little about this Will Levis story that's going on as well. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. If a car, truck, or motorcycle accident has caused you injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk, proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs with you. Still to come here in this first hour, we're going to hear from Browns General Manager Andrew Barry coming up in probably about 10, 15 minutes, as well as Brooke Pryor at 2 o'clock 
Anthony Poizel, 230. So a lot still to get to on this program here. But give it a start with the big news yesterday. Aaron Rodgers finally a Jet. They swap picks in the first round, 13 and 15. They send a second round this second rounder this year as well. And then a conditional, I think a fifth rounder, and then a conditional second next year that if he plays 65% of the snaps is a first round pick. So barring an injury, it will be another first round pick for them next year. So I think a good haul, honestly, for the Packers, you weren't going to get anything for Aaron Rodgers, and you were able to get you move up two spots this year, get a second, and also get a future first. So that feels to me like a pretty good deal. I think it's a great deal. I'm glad they held out. I'm, I don't know for <clears throat> for how long we we've been hearing and reading that that this was going to be for anything but a first round pick. Yep. I, I, I'm glad that the Packers <laughs> held their ground, and I think the Jets. It, the Jets didn't have another option. <laughs> the, the The market has settled. You know, unless you're going to go get Lamar, but you're probably not going to go get Lamar. I'm sh- I'm assuming the Ravens are going to match your deal for Lamar Jackson. Yep. So unless you go and trade for him, uh, there really weren't a whole lot of options. And we talked about it yesterday on the show. Yesterday was day 40 since Aaron Rodgers said, I'm going to go play for the New York Jets. 40 days with no movement. Like, at some point, something had to happen this week. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, the Packers really making sure and holding out for their for the, for the those first-rounders pay dividends because, uh, uh, barring an injury or something, Aaron Rodgers is going to play 65%. Yes. Get, yes. Yeah. It's a home run for them. And if you're the Jets, it's the price of doing business if you want a quarterback in the National Football League. What do you think – for the Jets, like I feel like they have to get to an AFC championship game with him for this to have been successful. I, I would think so. I mean, and he's... probably beyond that, but th- that's to me the minimum. Like you got to get to an AFC championship game with him. Yeah, but I think just like it, I think people with for us, I think the truth same. of the matter for our trade, like it, for that to ultimately be deemed a success, we've got to. For it, it's different because he's much younger than Rodgers, but we've got to win some divisions. We got to get to an AFC championship game and hopefully play for a Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's. When I was down in Florida a couple weeks ago, ran into a Jets guy. He was running the clubhouse. And I, I had a Browns polo on. We got to talking about the Jets. And he's just like, I go, what's your expectation? Like, what do you want? He goes, literally, I want to be playing for an AFC championship. And wherever, and he said, if they makes it to the champion, AFC championship, whatever happens at that point happens. But he's like, I'm a Jets guy. I'd love to just go to the playoffs and stop being the doormat of the AFC East. And he's like, this gives us a chance to do that. I mean, the Patriots are clearly positioned as of today to be the doormat of the AFCs, which is I, a I wild so. thing to say. But, I mean, the Bills are probably still the favorite to win it. The Jets are probably close. And then Miami, if Tua is healthy, which is a huge if, but or maybe they make some type of a move and shore up their quarterback situation, but that's a team that has got a Super Bowl roster. I mean, the AFC is so loaded, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it a, really is ridiculous. For higher or lower, CBS has now put out their QB rankings for both divisions, or both the AFC and the NFC. So we'll go over that at 2.30 with Poizel. But it's there is a, there is a big discrepancy between the two. Oh, my God, it's not even close. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But I think a good trade for both. I mean, the Jets had to make the deal to get a quarterback. Yep. And the Packers did what they needed to, held out, got some really high-end draft picks potentially. Yeah. And, I mean, other, if you're the Packers, it was either Aaron Rodgers was going to retire 
or you were going to pay him to not play, or you ended up getting moved up ahead of the Patriots this year in the draft, which felt obviously like it was an important thing to them. That was an important component. They got a two this year and then a one next year. And I think there was also like they got a There's five, some other but they ones. gave up yeah. a three or they got a f- something like that. But, yeah, a huge win for like, them. It's time for them to move forward. They're not underneath Roger's thumb anymore. They can do their thing. Yes, they most certainly can. They they can do their thing. Crazy story today, and as I understand it, somebody on Reddit claimed to be close to Will Levis and that Will Levis was telling everybody it was a done deal. He's going to be the number one pick of the Texans. I mean, not the Texans, of uh, Carolina. The, the draft. Of the draft. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and, I mean, you just heard Dane say it. Like, Vegas doesn't move lines – or move, uh, move their predictions and all that for any for for nothing. <laughs> like there, there's a method behind the madness. He, I will also say we are in the midst of silly season. But he was at like fifty to one, and it dropped as low as five to one at one point for him to be yeah. the top pick in the draft, which is insane. Now, if it ends up being true, incredible. I just don't think that's going to be the case. I don't. It would be amazing. It would blow my mind. I mean, we we talked about it yesterday. Peter King in his football morning in America was like a month ago, CJ Stroud was the consensus number one pick. He was hanging out. He was hugging Josh McCown. He had his pro day. The entire Carolina staff was around him. No one else was around him. And a month later, he and Peter King said it yesterday. Stroud might not go in the top six. He might be well, the third quarterback off the board. That that S two test Whatever it is, and apparently it's been around for longer. Did, there did is, it replace the Wonderlick as the main thing? I don't know, but for quarterbacks especially, there are teams that really believe in it, and there's never been a quarterback that has scored as low as C.J. Stroud that's been success- successful. Ugh. Like, he's, like, off the charts low. Like, where, to the point where I was reading a couple articles, I think Feldman at The Athletic, Bruce Feldman had one where he talked to yep. people around the league where they were like, everybody thought it had to be a mistake. Like there's no way that that could be his score, so teams that believe in it obviously are going to be scared by that. I I guess I, I, Bo said from the people he talked to, it was like the 18th percentile that he wasn't like 18th. Like it, he had a different 18th percentile, still not good. Yeah, there was there was that means that 82 percent of the world is better at it than you are. Not great. No. Like if you want when you when you're talking percentiles, you want to be like ninety ninth percentile. Yeah. Which means you're the best. Not great. No, not no. I don't know. I think yeah. It was something It's wild though, because you've seen him play football and he can play football very well. We've seen it. If I'm the Colts, I'm rooting for this. Yes. Now there is somebody also brought up an interesting point. Like He's play, He played at Ohio State. You can't fault him for this, but he played at Ohio State with the best receiving core that he'll play with at any point in his career. He won't have an NFL room that's as good as that room that he had there, and they were playing against college defenses. Yeah, I still think C.J. Stroud is really good. I think it's nuts, and I do think if Houston – to me, there are only two picks you can make, and they're both quarterbacks. You either take Anthony Richardson and say, we're just going to go with the guy that could end up being the best of this bunch. And if he's not, you know, we can take another swing, but we got to take the swing while we're here. And we think he has the traits, whatever. Or you take CJ Stroud, who's the most ready to step in and help you right now. 
other than that, the idea that you take a defensive guy too to me is wild. That feels like a very wild thing to do. But that's where we're at. Apparently so. We'll find out Thursday. That's why at least Thursday so, night there is some intrigue. Yeah. I, so Peter King's mock yesterday had the Texans going defense at two, but with the Texans taking our pick, which was number 12, yep. he has it set up where they're taking, uh, I think it's Hooker, the quarterback from Tennessee. At 12? Yes. And Richardson falls to 23 and the Vikings. Wow. Now, the pick that we, Bo and I both lost our you-know-what on is he's got the squealers taking Jackson Smith and Jigba at 17. That would be really bad. Yeah, I wouldn't love that at all. No, I don't think you'd like that. No, I wouldn't like that. So, I don't know. It's silly season. Buckle up, kids. Well. We'll get answers on yep. Thursday. That to me. And Brooke Pryor will join us at uh, at two o'clock. And a reminder, uh, because the tickets and, and becoming a season ticket member and all that stuff, Rogers and the Jets come here this year. That's It'll right. be interesting to see what happens now with the schedule maker. That's going to be a primetime game. I would think so. I would think so as well. Uh, we often play the Jets in primetime, it feels like, anyway. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. All right, when we come back. Our exclusive. I went one-on-one with Browns general manager Andrew Barry the week of the draft. You can hear that from last night's draft preview show. That's coming your way next here on Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort, and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota Dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to Clint Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. Take a listen to our conversation from last night's draft preview show when I went one-on-one with Browns general manager, Andrew Barry. Very happy now to be joined by the general manager of your Cleveland Browns, Andrew Barry. A.B., an interesting one, right? Last year you didn't pick until the third round, but you didn't know that going into it. This year you know it going into it. Now things could change, obviously, but how does that change the mindset, if at all, and should people be paying attention to anything Thursday? Or are you going to say Thursday? Just enjoy the show. So it does not change our. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me, Nate. But it's great it having does, you. It does not change uh, the mindset for us um, in terms of preparation or approach. Um, we have you know eight picks. They start in the third round today. That could change for the better or for the worse um, before we get to the draft or during the draft. That being said, I think uh, folks can probably go to bed early on Thursday <laughs> night. If I'm guessing. 
So for you in a normal draft, you would be watching for an opportunity to maybe present itself maybe late in the first round on Thursday night, as you said there, sleep easy for the folks. So what do you, as a general manager, what do you watch for? Yeah, uh, so Thursday night, honestly, it's really about just getting your thoughts organized for Friday. Obviously, you want to see, you're probably more interested in what the board looks like, um, you know, late in the evening. you know, there are certain situations where you do have ongoing discussions with veteran player trades because that may come into play in, in day two of the draft. But, you know, honestly, it's it's probably more of a day for, you know, organization, you know, more than anything. And you'll you'll kind of loosely monitor the draft unless you have something active that may happen on Thursday night. Do you do what all of us do, which is to say, oh, man, I really like this guy. And then, oh, gosh, the Ravens drafted him. Or, oh, man, why do you have to go into our division or anything like that? Or Honestly, I, yeah. not, not, not usually. Okay. Not usually. Okay. Um, you'll, you'll have that every year. There are a lot of players that you end up liking that you don't have access to. Um, so you, you kind of maybe develop that, uh, um, that resiliency, so to speak, uh, over the course of your career. All right, so Depot told us a story last year that prior to the draft, and I don't know if you guys have done this yet, but that basically everybody was asked of the final draft board, you know, who's somebody on here you absolutely wouldn't draft? And basically it got to the point where, like, nobody was left on the draft board. Have you guys done that this year? We usually do that next week. Next week, okay. Yeah, we usually do that next week. After the fact, I'll be curious to know if there were some people that actually (laughs) made it through that were – because especially when you're looking our board, yes, like you said in, you know, your press conference last week, you said – yeah, we'll take Will Anderson if he's there at 74. He's not going to yeah. be. So your board is probably different, and everybody that's on your board probably has some strengths, maybe some horse-like tendencies, and maybe there's some goose to them as well because that's why they're in the third round, right? No, that's, that's, that's exactly right. So just you know, understanding that – and that happens probably earlier in the, in the draft than people, than people realize. You know, number one, there are no perfect players, and the ones with the, um, the fewest holes, they, they go in the top ten. Um, but it's really about identifying players whose strengths align with um, your system, your scheme, your coaches, and may have a weakness or two that could be developed and brought along throughout their career. Free agency. Now, you went through – it was actually very busy. I mean, there were a lot of people brought back. There were a lot of people added to this roster – when you kind of sit back and look at what you were able to accomplish in that point, which kind of provides the framework, or at least you know where your roster stands going into this draft, what did you think overall of the way that that unfolded for you? You know, we're we're excited about the guys that we had, and and you know every team is every year, um, so I don't I don't think we're unique in that regard. Um, you know, we don't know how to play out till uh, we get guys on the grass, particularly in the fall, but. Um, you know, we do think that we were able to solidify a number of different areas on the team. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to seeing how it plays out over the next several months. When you go into it with a certain goal, and, and let's use a theoretical player, maybe a, a theoretical defensive tackle, and you see that they end up signing for around $22 million a year. And then you look at your team and you say, well, now I have for actually a little bit less than that, I've got a defensive tackle I like a lot and a free safety that I like a lot. Are those things when you kind of go into it in one path and then you have to pivot and you you'd said we pivoted a little bit on what we we're going to be able to do at safety and I imagine maybe that played a role in that. You know, is it kind of fun when you think, oh, it could have been one guy, but now it's two guys and, and how that breaks down and then is that something you kind of stay cognizant of as it evolves over the next few years? It's certainly something that you have to stay cognizant of um, both in the moment and as you think through multi-year planning. Um, you know, because again, when I talk about resource allocation, that's picks and that's like how you allocate your contracts as well. Um, but it, it's it's all plays a role into it. Um, player choice also plays a role into it, you know, Nate. So like, you know, there have been times in the past where, you know, where maybe we've been, you know, a higher bidder or a comparable bidder, but, you know, 
taxes, climate, whatever, has pushed a guy or a scheme has pushed a guy another, you know, another direction. And that's the case for all teams. So understanding going into it that you can do a lot of work and you can have, um, you know, certain preferences, but it just, it's just never going to go 100% sure. the way that you plan it. How is it playing? Because in some ways there has to be somewhat of a game of chicken, right? In that you're at the price point that you want. You've decided that's what you want this player to be on your roster at that price point. Their agent's job is to make you probably go above that number for their client's best interest and kind of slow playing it. Because you do, I think you've done a very good job getting who you wanted very, very early. But then as free agency unfolds, and maybe that's when you're able to get better bargains, better deals, also do that, but still be getting premier type players. Is that, what What are those, nego- take it's just, behind the curtain. What are those negotiations like? And, and is that a fun part of your job, a stressful part of your job or both? You know, I, I, uh, I'll be honest. I hate free agency. Like I, I, it, I, it's really, so, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's, um, the a dance. lot. In, yeah. It's a lot in a short period of time, but it's actually not because of the dealing with, you okay. know, with agents or agents or players. Um, I think for us, the way we think of the negotiations are we do a lot of work in the, you know, really that starts right after the trade deadline on free agency trades, you name it. And I think really negotiation is a lot about what is your best alternative or how you think about your alternatives. And that's, you know, that along with like what we think the value is for the player, the skill set, you know, drives our pricing. But that's where I say is like you can't be afraid to, to pivot. Like I think if you get locked into you know, you know, one player or one skill set, that's when you have a greater chance to make mistakes. Um, I guess unless like that's literally like your, your only, your only alternative. (laughs) But, um, so we, we really look at it that way, but you can't, you just can't be afraid to pivot because, you know, when one door closes, it may offer, offer some flexibility in another area. Um, and there's just kind of more than one way to build a, build a competent team. So you, did you enjoy making a trade in that period more than you enjoy the actual free agency process? Probably depends on who I'm making the trade with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it seemed like a pretty smooth one with the Jets. Yeah, I don't know. No, Joe, Joe's awesome to deal with. Joe, okay. Joe is awesome to deal with. So that, that's that's a good one. That's a good and easy one. Is that always a fun one, too, when you make a trade that you know you can walk to your coaching staff and they're already it, pretty fired it up about is. it? It is. The harder ones are when – yeah, the harder ones are when you're not – when you're maybe training someone away or, you know, not doing that as much. But the, the, the ones where, you know, the staff is excited, obviously it makes it easier to pull the trigger. How much with a guy like Elijah Moore, for example, do you rely on what you guys thought of him coming out of college versus what you saw with the Jets? Uh, for a player as early in Elijah's career as he is, there maybe is a little bit of like the college aspect, but it's largely pro because it, it, it to some degree it doesn't really matter what you thought the player was in college. It's like how are they performing now and what are the contextual factors around their performance now. Um, so with Elijah, we felt really good about the skill set that he's shown as a pro, his inside-outside flexibility, his route running and separation skills, as well as his hands. Um, and we think he complements our wide receiver core very nicely. And he's very happy to be here, which yeah. is th- those things always seem to be nice. All right, yeah. so here we go into this draft. Eight picks. I mean, I, we were doing this, messing around, putting a 53 together. This is a pretty complete team. There are some, obviously, spots for competition. You know, how do you kind of look at those eight guys with an opportunity, if it ends up being eight? Could be more, as you've said. Could be end up being fewer. How do you kind of look at that and that opportunity to fit into a team that is pretty well assembled at this point you know i i don't think our mentality real or my mentality doesn't really change in that regard because the I best just, guys. As, as much as i like to think things are settled now it's a little bit like free agency like it things change like things change and you always hope they, yes sure. you always hope they change for the better um but there's usually some mix of of bad and good in terms of what actually ends up 
happening. So um, I think we'll know a lot more at the end of August. And, um, you know, our goal is to look if you if 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 we're in a position where we have more players that we want to keep than we can, um, that's a good position to be in, because then, at you know, at that point, if you need to, like, that's when you maybe make some of those less popular trades that you know allows you to continue to build into the future. All right. I'm not going to ask you anything about what's going to happen, you know, this week, because we'll see it unfold in real time and it'll be joyous. But I will ask you final one here your favorite draft memory as a member of the Cleveland Browns? First time I made uh, this. No, so I'm this, thinking, I love it. I don't know if this is the one that's going to count, but honestly, it was 2021 draft, birth of my daughter. So, Got to tip my cap to you. Hit him in the heart right there. <laughs> well done, A.B. Yeah. Always a pleasure talking with you. Best of luck this week as you uh, continue to add to the 2023 Cleveland Browns. Okay, appreciate you, Nate. All right, that's Browns general manager Andrew Barry. What an answer at the end there, scoring himself some serious brownie points at home. Smart man there. That's why he's our GM. All right, when we come back, hour number two, we're going to kick it off by continuing our team-by-team offseason look at the Pittsburgh Steelers as ESPN NFL Nation Steeler reporter Brooke Pryor will join us. Thanks for listening to Clean Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio, Nathan Zgura and Jason Gibbs with you. We continue our team-by-team off-season look. And today, we're talking about Gibbe's second favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's, I'm number one. Thank you, Gibbe. And we're joined now to talk about the Steelers by ESPN NFL Nation Steeler reporter Brooke Priors calling in on the Twisted Tea Hotline. Brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. All right, you can follow Brooke on Twitter at b e prior at b e p r y o r. Brooke, how you doing today? I am not bad. I am so happy that the draft is in just two days. Uh, and not next week, like my dad thought when I caught up with him earlier today. I said, he said, when's the draft? I said, Thursday. And he goes, next Thursday? And I said, God, I hope not. I'm pretty sure we're almost there. We are so close to the finish line. No, you're. I'm sure you are quite ready for it. Let's just start, though, with the off season that the Steelers have had. Uh, you lose Cam Sutton. That's a, a big loss going to the Lions. But a lot of additions were made, I think, this offseason. Resigning Larry Ogunjobi, but you sign Patrick Peterson. You get Cole Holcomb at linebacker. You get the guard, uh, Samalo from the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a big one. And then the trade for Allen Robinson. Overall, do you think that the Steelers are in a better position right now than they were when the season ended? And what moves really stood out to you, both good in terms of additions and also tough maybe in terms of subtractions? Yeah, I think the Steelers are in a a better position than they were at the end of the season because they've added depth. Um, And I think re-signed some of those key pieces like Larry Ogunjobi. Losing Cam Sutton is huge. He's versatile. He's one of the smartest players in the Steelers locker room. So it really does hurt to lose him to Detroit. But I think that the Steelers kind of lessened that blow by signing Patrick Peterson shortly after Cam Sutton left. And I think it also sets up well for them to – take a corner in the draft coming up because not only you know will Patrick Peterson I think still produce at a fairly high level on the field he can be a great mentor for a young guy he said that's something he really likes doing 
And similar to that, I think, is the trade for Allen Robinson. Um, He's another guy that's been in the league for a long time and who said he really likes the mentor aspect of being a vet. He said yesterday this is the first time he's been the oldest player in a position room. Um, But I think that that was a really smart and savvy trade for Omar Khan. I think that he has just had a really good free agency for the first time kind of in charge of running all that. Um, Andy Weidel helping him out. There's been an Eagles flavor to some of the moves they've made, you know, signing guys like Nate Herbig and Isaac Sayomalu. Um, I just think that the things that the Steelers did in free agency, they stuck to their principles. They didn't overpay for guys. And it's given them flexibility in the draft coming up because there isn't a glaring position of need that they're going to get painted into a corner. So I think this flexibility that they've gotten through free agency is really key. Yeah, that's a great place to go into it. That being said, the Steelers picking in the middle of the first round this year. What do you think? You mentioned corner early. What are some of the positions and then even maybe some of the names uh, that they're looking forward to get at number 17? Yeah, I think that that where they are, uh, they're going to have to, as Mike Tomlin says, have a hardcore plan but be light on their feet because there could be an early run on tackles, an early run on corners. And I think whichever one happens, they're in position to either trade up and, and make a move, um, trade back. You know, if, if tackles are going off the board, they could pivot and, and take a corner. Um, we actually just did our NFL Nation mock draft that airs tonight, I believe, on ESPN2. Um, and the way the board fell, I went with Joey Porter Jr., a guy the Steelers know very well. His dad obviously yep. played for the Steelers, coached for a little bit. That fits the need, especially with Cam Sutton leaving. I think Porter Jr. is a great press corner, probably the best in this year's draft class. Um, but I could also absolutely see the argument for, hey, we need to protect Kenny Pickett. We need to get the run game going. Let's get an offensive tackle. Could be a guy like Tennessee's Darnell Wright. Uh, maybe they trade up and try to get Broderick Jones from Georgia or Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. I think those mm-hmm. would require the Steelers to have to make one of those rare for them draft day trades to move up the board. But they have number 17, and then they also have number 32 overall, the first pick on day two, and that gives them a lot of flexibility. I think teams are going to absolutely be lighting up the phones to try to get that that pick. So I think that, again, the Steelers are in a really – good spot to address some of those needs that you know yes you would like to upgrade those spots but you can pivot if the board starts falling a certain way right and so it it sounds to me like you're thinking maybe some help on the offensive line but if you look at it really from a skill standpoint you're set right Najee Harris Kenny Pickett you've got now three receivers with Robinson Deontay Johnson and Pickens who I think is very good you got Fryermuth at tight end so if the picks are offensive, it feels like it's going to go on the line. And then defensively, that's where they can really kind of buttress what has always been their bread and butter and their calling card, that defense. So the ability to have three picks, I think you said three picks in the top 49 and four mm-hmm. in the top 80, is that's a pretty good place to be. The Browns won't pick, you know, as we know here, till pick 74. Yeah, absolutely. And on the defensive side, I think that you could see the Steelers add to the defensive line, the linebacker group, especially outside linebacker. They don't end up landing but landing Bud Dupree. He wanted a one-year deal. The Steelers wanted to sign him for two, and I think that that's a position that absolutely needs some depth behind T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. They just don't have a reliable third guy. They wanted Malik Reed to be that. That didn't work out, didn't get Bud Dupree, so I would look at that position. 
even inside linebacker. Yes, they added Cole Holcomb in free agency, but that's a spot that I think could also lose some depth after losing Robert Spillane um, to the Raiders. You know, he's a guy that I think went under the radar, but was really big in the stopping the run. Um, and then obviously, you know, corner, they could add a guy like Joey Porter Jr., but add some depth there. And even safety, you know, they don't re-sign Terrell Edmonds and they add, you know, Keanu Neal and brought back DeMonte KZ. But I think that all of those defensive positions, they're not looking at it and saying, no, we're set there, we're good. Um, I think that, that they can always add to those. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think the big question for the Steelers, and certainly we don't know what's going to happen in Baltimore, but if, uh, assuming Lamar Jackson plays there, you know they've got on paper right now the fourth best quarterback in the division. It's hard to win in that. Now it just happens to be a loaded division from a quarterback standpoint and a loaded conference, honestly, now with the addition of Aaron Rodgers here. How much confidence is there in Kenny Pickett that he can be the guy that can compete with the you know Watsons, Jackson, Burrow, uh, Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, Rogers, Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, you know, all the people now that make up this absurd AFC quarterback and crew. Right. The list just goes on and on and on. But it's I think crazy. The Steelers, right. I think the Steelers feel good about where Pickett is after year one, especially when you put his performance into context that he wasn't practicing with the first team skill players, offensive line at all during training camp in the first four weeks of the season gets thrown in at halftime of that week four game, and it did not look pretty leading up to the bye. He was throwing picks. The offense was not in sync. But after the bye, they had this real come-to-Jesus meeting between, you know, Pickett, the entire team, the coaching staff, you name it. They all got on the same page. And I think what the Steelers are the most encouraged by is the improvement that he showed from the first half of the season to the second. I think he threw maybe one or two picks after the bye. Um, the offense looked better. The biggest thing is they have just got to score points, which, you know, sounds like, yeah, no, duh, you're not going to win games if you can't put points on the board. But their red zone execution was not great. Um, and I think that that really has to improve. But I think that this year is going to be the year that tells the Steelers if Kenny Pickett is indeed the franchise guy that they drafted him to be, um, if he can, you know, start fast, maintain it, be consistent, and be a difference maker. For this team, um, I think that, that this is the year, you know, he'll have another year working with Matt Canada, the entire offseason, all of that. But he has the intangibles. He has the leadership. He has that edge. Uh, but this is going to be a really pivotal year in, I think, the direction of the Steelers organization. Yeah, I think you're right. Talk with Brooke Pryor, who covers the Steelers for ESPN. Uh, Brooke, what did you think of the decision? You mentioned it, Matt Canada coming back as offensive coordinator. What was your take on that and how was that received in and around Pittsburgh? Uh, well, I can tell you it was not received well around <laughs> Pittsburgh. People uh, were not are not real fond of Matt Canada, but you know what? I kind of felt like this is always what the Steelers were going to do. This is not an organization that parts ways with guys when they still have years left on their contract, and Matt Canada had another year on his contract. I think, too, that they want to see what he can do with a full year of a guy running his system the entire time, the same guy. Um, if you look at the way that he came in, he has been Roethlisberger and Ben's last year. Ben's not the kind of quarterback that runs what Canada wants to run, and I think that there was a lot of headbutting there. It just in, in terms of Ben wanted to do things a certain way, it wasn't always what Canada wanted to do. And then this year he has Mitch Trubisky for a little bit, and then the Steelers decide to pivot and go to Kenny Pickett. And so I think that they want to give Matt a full season with the same guy, a little less turnover, 
and see what he can do. And if they get to the end of this year and it is there's no improvement, I, he, they're not going to retain him, right? I mean, that, that kind right. of feels like the obvious thing, especially with no more time left on his contract. But I think they were always going to let him coach out the end of his contract. Now, this is what I'm about to – the question I'm about to pose to you is a great problem to have, and it's one that right now is being asked even about our Cleveland Browns, which is, a, again, a great problem to have. There's only one football. I said earlier, Pickens, I think he's a superstar. Deontay Johnson, I think he's a star. We're not sure what Allen Robinson has left in the tank, but I, I certainly think that he can be a very productive player for them. Fryermuth at tight end and then Najee in the backfield, not to mention what Jalen Warren showed last year. There's only one football. Is there enough? Because I know in the wide receiver room, especially Pickens has been vocal. I know Deontay Johnson's been vocal at times. Is there enough to keep everybody happy? I mean, you hope so. I think that that's the biggest thing that Matt Canada has to figure out this year because you list off all those names. They should not have a problem scoring points. They've got to get George Pickens more involved. It's wild that Deontay Johnson didn't have a touchdown last year. I mean, Insane. I, I keep thinking about that, and it just makes less and less sense the more I think about it. So, yeah, I mean, you hope that they can figure out a way to balance that, but I think that that is one of the biggest challenges that this team has to figure out and that's you know, going to be part of the piece of figuring out is Kenny the franchise quarterback, is Matt Canada the right offensive coordinator to move him in that direction and to move this team into the right direction. It's going to be fun to watch. I think this will be a rare season, and you could tell me, when's the last time that, and again, this assumes that Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore, but that the Steelers may enter the season as the team being projected to be fourth in the division? You know, I want to say last year they were not, they might have been projected to finish third or fourth. It feels like there's been a real changing of the guard since, you know, the season that the Bengals uh, sure, went sure. to the Super Bowl. I, I, I think that the Steelers have gotten I, definitely not used to being in this position because that is not the standard around here, but it's not entirely unfamiliar. And I think that they entered this season in a much better position than they did a season ago. They certainly did. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and certainly, look, Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. We were there. Could have happened the, the final game last year. Browns <laughs> couldn't get it done. So uh, incredible stuff. Brooke, thank you so much for, uh, for stopping by and for giving us some great information on the Steelers. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Brooke Pryor, Pittsburgh Steelers and ESPN NFL Nation reporter uh, calling in on the Twisted Tea hotline brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard. I see an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. When we come back, Gibby and I are going to do some categories on the Steelers, and I'm going to make Gibby participate. It's going to be hard for him to do. I have a feeling. I have literally spent this segment putting together my response. Your notes? Oh, good. I love it. All right, perfect. That's coming up next here. It's Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, the Barking Backers. Presented by Milkbone is the Browns' newest club for parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club. For dogs. All right, time now for our little dive into who, Gibbe? What does it say here? The land of Pukerville. The land of Pukerville. All right, we'll do it. Steelers. How uh, how dare you, by the way, accuse uh, second favorite team? 
That's a good way. That's I'm glad you were listening. Perish. Did somebody text you that and you caught it on the rebound? No. I know. You gave me that one-fingered salute I, right I, after. I gave you, yeah. yes. Exactly. I know. It was funny. Not funny. Pop the crowd. They loved it. Not when it comes to that stupid team. What? Who? The camera. Oh. Except I've got you on this camera today. This one? Yep. It's not even looking at me. It's like looking over It is. <laughs> now you're good. There we go. <laughs> All right. Steelers, uniforms. What do you think, Gibby? I'd like to burn them. So, I think that they have great uniforms. I think they're very classic, very iconic. Um, I like the black over yellow. I like the white over yellow. I like the black over black when they wear that kind of color rush one. I do not like the Bumblebee ones at all. Those should be retired and never be seen again. I think they're I would awful. agree with you. And I don't love, also, for whatever reason, I don't like when they wear that yellow helmet alternate over the black jerseys. I don't like that either. The to me, they're traditional stuff, and then along with this all-black one, it's perfect. It's all they need. I mean, it's right up there traditionally, like, with the Giants unis. When yeah, they're they great. With the Royal Blues. And it sucks. I hate them. The, the original ones are awful, though. Like, just terrible. Yeah. With the, bum, the Bumblebee. Correct. Like, that's a, awful. A, any of their of modified ones have been truly just worse than what they already have. I am surprised, though, they don't go all white more often like they did back in the day. They would go all white, like in Terry Bradshaw's day. And that's a pretty good look for them as well. I mean, I that think would maybe be my tweak to see an all white. Steel curtain. Steel curtain, yeah. It's good stuff. All right, good uniforms. Uh, do you have a favorite of all their uniforms? No. No. I think probably the black over. They just, I hate to say it, but that black or the yellow, they just look tough, like. I thought, I There's always a reason hated, why they don't want to be in white. I always hated when we were home and we would wear white and let the Steelers wear black here. I was like, no, make them get out of the black. They do not look nearly as tough out, out of the black tops. I agree. Yeah. No, I would, all, I would never let them choose to wear black in my stadium ever. Correct. Yep. All right. Uh, stadium, elite, not elite. I like it. The ketchup bottles are back, baby. Heinz Field? Oh, yeah. When did well, that it's not, happen? It's not Heinz Field anymore. I don't think it's at Akersher, uh, but they're back. I saw it's this. It's only right. I mean. Let's see. Iconic giant ketchup bottle returns to Heinz Gate on Allegheny Avenue. It's coming back, they say. I, I will say this. The people there are the nicest people that I work with in any stadium in the NFL. Like, it's great. Baltimore Stadium's awesome, probably the second best behind Minnesota. But the people in, like, in Pukerville, and yes, I like to trash the organization or trash the football team. Yep. But the people that are that don't play, that are behind the scenes, are top-notch. They're Reagan, super nice up Ruby in the is radio area. Great. Yeah, Reagan's great. Uh, they're engineers. Like, everything is plug-and-play. Like, it's easy to get around that stadium. It's not difficult. Yep. Um, I, uh, yeah, it, it's, so it here's serves the, its purpose. And the unfortunate thing is every time we're there, it's like five degrees and it's yeah. ridiculously cold. So the, the Heinz has now a gate. They have the Heinz gate and the, okay. they took the ketchup bottle that used to be up for the red zone 
and now it's just over that gate. So you can take pictures in front of it, but it, it's one of the originals. So so it won't be back in the stadium. It's on the outside of the stadium now over That's all right. the Heinz Gate. I think it's a great stadium. I think the views down to the river are beautiful. I think the yellow seats look good, and I think that when that place gets rocking with Renegade, it's awesome. It's an awesome environment. Again, I think one of the biggest – Assuming the game plays out the way that it did, which maybe you never know with a full house if it does or not. But the fact that that playoff game did not get to happen in front of our fans, their fans, a full stadium, it stinks. Because I've always said I want to play a monster game there. It would be so fun. Um, and, and that was one. And we won. And it didn't. we didn't get to have that joy or to share that joy with the people in the stands. It was like uh, there was nobody there. Yeah. No, it was, uh, but I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. Of yeah. course, I'll take it. But uh, I, I will take it. Yeah, great road trip. Yes or no? Come on, easy yes. drive. Absolutely, go. I, I might hate the football team, but the city's great. You go. You got to get maybe a Primanti Brothers sandwich. Go to the top of the hill. You take the incline up. Yeah, great view, great bar cool scene at the top of the hill at the top of the incline. Uh, Churchworks Brewery is one of my favorites. Um, they literally brew the beer like where the pulpit should be. Uh, it's great. Great food, great atmosphere, really cool place. And PNC Park, I think, is one of the best baseball parks in America. I don't think I've eaten there since my first game on the road was week one of 2014. And I went and whatever. I Normally, I just drive in the day of for the Steelers game. So I don't know that I've actually, like, I haven't spent the night there for a while. But that one night we did have there was a ton of fun. It's um it's it is it's a cool city, it's a cool stadium, and it's got a lot of passion and it's got a certain mystique to it, I think. I think there's definitely a mystique in that building. Yes. It's it's pretty it's it's a solid Nothing Our division their stadium and the Raven Stadiums are awesome. They yeah. really are. And they've been awesome. Not that yeah. there's any correlation, but it just is the way that it is. Um all right, player you want from their current roster, TJ Watt. Yeah. Yeah, TJ Watt on one side, Mosley on the other. I think I think we're doing just Minka's fine. Minka's a close second. Minka's good. Cam Hayward's good. A little older, though. Pickens, I'm, you know, I was a big Pickens guy. I know. Pickens would be great. But yep. I think TJ Watt is easily the answer. All right, this might be a hard one for you. All-time favorite player. Do no. you have an all-time favorite no. Steeler? Bobby Brister getting his butt kicked. That's what I like. Bobby Brister, my favorite all-time player because he sucked. We enjoyed beating his face in. So I'm trying to, like, think about it here. And the guy that I might say, I loved Kevin Green. I thought he was awesome, and then he went and wrestled for a while in, like, WCW, did a couple matches, which I thought was cool. Um, I liked Kevin Green. I always liked Joey Porter. They are pretty good they are a good tandem together. I don't need Joey Porter Jr., by the way. No, 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 definitely on, on not. Thursday night. And then, you know, who I, I always kind of respected his game, and I thought he was just good, and I think he would have been good in any era as Heinz Ward. And he seemed like a nice guy. I just hate him because he smiled all the time. And then he would lay the lumber on people. I know. Yeah. He was really good. You know who else I like from an old Steelers? Because I'm going back to before. I This is all before – Obviously, my time in Cleveland or with the Browns, or at least I, it, I think it was. The guy, he had the crazy face, Greg Lloyd. Oh, he was scary, dude. He's a lunatic. He was terrifying. I, I, I think he's the guy that laid out Colt McCoy. 
Jeez. that was highly illegal. Terrifying. <laughs> and should have been penalized, suspended, fined, nothing. Another Steeler that was definitely from the time when we were there was, uh, oh, man, James Harrison was terrifying. Maybe it was Harrison. Both those guys were cheap shots, and nothing ever got called. Like, cribs got laid out. Like, yeah, Greg Lloyd was a beast. Um, the guy that I always thought was going to be a megastar, but obviously couldn't get out of his own way, was uh, Martavis Bryant. And that was from the modern era. He was so good. James Late. Harrison. James Harrison was dirty. He's the one who hit. Oh Cole my McCoy. god, James Harrison. Was I think Cole McCoy's dad was not pleased. James Harrison was terrifying. He's the same age as uh as I am, forty four. I guess Harrison was suspended one game for Colt McCoy's hit. They had a lot I of don't good players. That, man. Troy Palomalu. We so it didn't matter. Did you like or hate Troy Palomalu? I mean he I didn't hate him, but he's like Ed Reed. Every time he turned around, he was making a play against us. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to, it's hard to like those guys. I will say at the peak of his powers, Le'Veon Bell, watching him run the way that he run, where you kind of like hop and stop and then yep. go, was it was wild to watch that live. He was, yeah, he was also, he was also big time. They've had a lot of great players. It's a great organization. It's been very successful. Playoff team, contender, pretender, pretender. They are contender. not going to the playoffs. I'm sorry. Until you can until you can beat them, until you can take care of your business, they're always going to be a contender. Oh, well, they've never go, had a losing go, go season. Go back to what happened last so, year. Yes. Yeah, for go sure. Go back, like, what were they last year? They almost made it in. Yeah, but didn't they start off like 3-9 and nine or something? 3-7, three and, three and 3-8? and eight? It was something crazy. And they're like, oh, they're dead and buried. Tomlin's going to be gone. They're actually going to make some changes. No, they just rally the wagons, and all they do is win in November and December. It sucks. I hate it. I'm yeah. just angry. Thanks. Yeah, way to go, Gibby. Way to get yourself all fired up, dude. I, that's all they do. All right. So, so I, how can you – you can't say they're a pretender because it doesn't matter with their well, I still don't think they're going to the playoffs. I can say that. I don't care. Okay, so last year they were – Three and seven, yeah, through ten, and, and like, finished nine. TJ Watt was hurt for like six or seven. Well, TJ Watt's so good, yeah. Then they came back, so they were three and seven. They beat the Colts four and seven, beat the Falcons five and seven, beat the Ravens five and eight, beat Boys Carolina else, seven six and eight, nine. beat the Raiders seven and eight. Uh, oh, they lost to the Ravens. I'm sorry, lost to the Ravens, beat the Panthers, beat the Raiders, beat the Ravens, and then beat the Browns. They won their final. Four games. Yeah. Ugh, 28-14. That's why they're they're always in it, because of who they are and their culture and their coaching staff. So, just to give a little perspective, though, we're talking playoffs. Playoffs? So, they have not won a playoff game since 2016, Good. I believe. So they missed the playoffs in 18. They missed the playoffs in 19. They lose the wild card to us in 20. They were 12 and 4 that year. They remember that. Then they lose in the wild card of 21, and then last they year they didn't by make Kansas it. Kansas City because they beat us to get in. Yep. The last time, the last time, the Steelers finished fourth in their division, finished last in their division. Any guesses? Hmm. Where they finished last in their division. Not a clue. 19. 
88. Well, it's about time that Bubby happens. Brister. Yeah. Merrill I, Hodge and Lewis Lips shit. were the leaders on offense. Loved it. Loved beating Bubby Brister's head in. It was great. You're going to like this one, too. This is going to make you really happy. we got a break because Poisonell's right. coming. They have finished last in their division twice since 1969. I'm just disgusted by that stat. Why, why are you smiling when you tell me that? Because it's absurd. <laughs> it is absurd. And they've only had like three coaches, though, too. Yeah. Noel, Cower, Tomlin. Noel, that takes you back to – so. Knoll's first year, they go one and thirteen and finish fourth in their division, and in '88, Knoll also went last in his division, five and eleven. So Cower was never last since Cower or Tomlin have been there. Neither, and they've had three coaches since 1969. It's just an out. It's outrageous. Ugh. Outrageous. All right, when we come back, Brown staff writer Anthony Poizel, little higher or lower. Coming your way next, Clumbron's Daily brought to you by BallyBet coming soon to Ohio. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. Very happy now for a little better or worse with Anthony Poizel in studio, along with me and Gibbe here. AP, first of all, how's everything going? I heard you had a wild weekend, and you know now you got the draft. Mm-hmm. You still locked in after? How's the brain working? How are we doing? Absolutely locked in. It definitely took a day after Monday. This was uh, it was back to back bachelor party weekends for me, and those oh, are also the first two bachelor parties I, I've ever been a part of uh so you know this is what the mid-20s are about so i just had them i, I figured better back to back like I, I was okay with having back to back because yeah, yeah. you just you know you have fun but you get it out of the way quickly get it out. and you regroup yeah. in time for for uh, a pretty big weekend here so um still not out of the weeds yet as far as having weekend plans but um I'm alive, and uh, my brain is functioning well, so we're good. High level, AP, young, <laughs> the youth, the ability to bounce back. Love to hear it. I love to hear it. I'm kind of disappointed that it, you bounced back so quickly. That's what. That's the benefit Maybe of being. He's young, Gibbs. That's the benefit of being 24, Gibbs. If, if this was you, it might it might take a might take a few more days at least. Throw him out of the studio. 24. Boyzell, the answer to the hangover is just to keep going. Oh God. Well, it's not to recover. It's vitamin just vitamin B12 helpful. Stay uh, hydrated. Stay I was in that. I was in that mode for water. the. I was in that mode for the weekend, but a lot of water. Right now, he's at Gibbe? work. This is a place of Come business, on. Gibbe. We're trying to work. We got the draft this week. Two days. Let's go. 
pretty sure that hasn't stopped a couple people in this office. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Oh my yeah, I know he's not talking about me. Nope, not talking about anybody in this uh, in this area. Definitely not me. We'll move on. It's higher or lower. Presented by Better our great friends at the Ohio Lottery. I don't know what is going on, but I'm looking at the one camera angle of you guys. Is it not good? It's like way over there. It's pointing. No, now you're on number two. Oh, it, that, I noticed it wasn't. No, this one wasn't working well. We're good now. Yeah, no, no, no. We're we're good, but the, camera, the lighting is not so great. Not quite sure what's going. This is electric radio you're producing. <laughs> yep. You're talking about things Give that only day. people can see, and then now we're not even having our. Uh... I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Drew Yellowstone, get him in here. Uh, compliments of our good friend Cody Benjamin at CBSSports.com. This guy ranking all the quarterbacks. First, the quarterbacks in the AFC, and then the quarterbacks in the NFC. First up, uh, as we play higher or lower, presented by our great friends at the Ohio Lottery, Patrick Mahomes is number one. Number two is Joe Burrow. Number three is Josh Allen. Higher or lower, just right for any of those three, Poizel. Uh Yeah, I, I don't have any complaints here. Um, I think it's worth saying that at number four, if, if you don't mind, give it, uh, number four is Justin Herbert. I think you can make an argument that Herbert yeah, belongs. And ad-libbing. Yeah. Good. Well, I think Her- there, you can make an argument that Herbert belongs over Josh Allen. At least that's what I thought when I first looked at the list. But what I thought about it a little bit more, I think, you know, Josh Allen's got a rushing ability that Herbert doesn't have. And, you know, Allen's a little bit more wild, but he he had a more productive year last year. And I know a large reason for that, at least, was that he didn't have a receiving core that was hurt like Herbert does. But I think I'm okay with where we're at right now. But I will listen to an argument, if Z has one, that I, Herbert I was even, Josh Allen. I was even going to bump Josh Allen up to two and Burrow down to three. You think so? Allen last year, 63% completions, 4,283 yards, 35 touchdowns, 14 picks. Everybody says he throws all these picks, 14 picks. And he ran for almost 800 yards mm-hmm. and seven touchdowns. I mean. Pretty, pretty, Yeah, that pretty seems pretty good, good to me. Burrow. Very similar passing numbers, obviously higher completion percentage. That's not surprising. 68%, 44-75, 35 touchdowns, 12 picks, so very similar. The quarterback ratings were very similar. And then when it comes to rushing, he is a good athlete, but 257 is a career high for him yeah. running. I just think Allen, Allen's pretty dangerous, pretty electric. I mean, there's a lot of value, in obviously, in having a dual-threat quarterback, so I can listen to that as well, but... Burrow's also just, been and to just the AFC Championship last year. FYI, week, so. in the MVP voting last year, what you know, Allen third, Burrow fourth. That's pretty telling. Uh-huh. Mic drop. Next. Higher or lower? As we mentioned, Justin Herbert is number four. Number five is Trevor Lawrence. Zagura, higher, lower, just right. Down. The Jags quarterback. Down. I'm a big Trevor Lawrence guy. I think he is a stud and a star in the making. And, yes, market improvement last year, especially as the season went on. I thought that he played very, very well. Uh, finished last year, 66% completions, 4,113 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight picks. But I'm not ready right now to put him over Rodgers. I'm not ready right now, me personally, to put him over even Lamar as a, an MVP. And I'm not ready to put him over our guy. I put him, I think he's, he's, I would drop him to eighth, knowing that he is 
like absolutely on the ascending trajectory. He won't be eighth next year. Put it that way. AP. Yeah, I agree. I would rank Aaron Rodgers higher. I'd put him at number five. I would put Lamar Jackson at number six. And I would put Trevor Lawrence at seven, however. He did. It wasn't immediate last year for him. He, he took until the second half of the year, I think, for him to kind of really. You're him ahead of, of who? Of Deshaun, yes. I'm putting him ahead of Because you know why, Z? Because. Is listen, this JJD? Listen, I think eventually Deshaun can get up, but Deshaun, when you compare how Deshaun played in six games last year versus how Trevor Lawrence played, Trevor Lawrence was the better quarterback. Has Trevor Lawrence ever led the league in passing? No, but Has that was. He ever had the highest complete was, percentage in NFL history? That was, that was three years ago. <laughs> Haters that was hate. two years ago. We Haters. need to we need Boy, to see. Makes a, makes a point. He's gonna hate. We need to you see. You mean this. right now for Look. this season? Hold on. I'm asking you. Okay. Well, let me phrase it a different way. Our roster is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Age doesn't matter. It's for one year. For this year, you would rather have Trevor Lawrence than Deshaun Watson. Yes, I would because it's close. Z, it's close. But I'm going off of what we've Write seen over the last down. three years. Go for it. I'm going we're, off. Of, we're going to go hand this. To, and look, to I'm not four. saying that I don't think QB Deshaun one. is not going to be a good Sit quarterback right this year. You know what he said about you? I'm not saying I don't think Deshaun is not going to be a good quarterback this year. I'm saying Correct. based on what we've seen over the last recently, over the last three years, Trevor show Lawrence. Show me state. Got to show. Last three years, two years ago, Trevor Lawrence, 59 percent completions, 12 touchdowns, 17 At, picks under Urban Meyer for 10 games. See? It's not like Deshaun Watson had like the greatest coaches be, in the history of the game. This shouldn't be that crazy. And I'm not That's saying there's crazy, a huge yeah. gap. I'm not saying there's a huge JJD, gap. JJD, man. You're angling. He's angling to get some of that con money. Well, hey. He's like, hey, he's, all, get it. he's on these golf Someone trips. He's like, maybe I need to live somewhere where there's more <laughs> golfing available to me. Jacksonville, I hear, is lovely this time of year. <laughs> Armpit of America. This if we guy. have to go back there for a preseason game, I'm going to be really angry. Not me, dude. I ride. I'm, I'm in. I'm no. in. I believe in our quarterback. And I'm not saying I don't either. What? No, I'm not. You say you don't believe as much as Trevor Lawrence. That part, boys, hell, I'm not. So you sure. didn't say that. You said I do not believe. I want. You said today's team, everything being the same. You want Trevor Lawrence over Deshaun Watson. You said it. You said it. That's okay. I did well, say it. Well, uh, you got to show. Say. You got to show the man. I, I'm a show me state myself, so I, I can understand right. what he's saying. Yes. I can't go. I can't do these rankings off of three. What happened three years ago, which is you can I do think them what, off of what you believe in your heart, what you've seen with uh, your eyes, the way that this see, locker this is room what responds gets the to this guy. <laughs> so don't worry, about man. It. All right, we'll move forward. Jeez, Louise, <laughs> I've seen Rogers it. I've watched sixth. the tape. Lamar threw that back shoulder seven. throw against the the commies last year. Outrageous for a half. The stop. back shoulder. They made a lot of great throws. It. Made some great throws in I'm Cincinnati. Made some right great now, throws in Pittsburgh. Stop bringing that example up. Because Why? for a half, it was not so great. Then for a half, it was great. It was really so, good. I don't know if it was great, but right. it was really good. All I'm saying is now when if if we win the Super Bowl this year and Sean Watson Super Bowl MVP, I don't know if AP gets you to go can on the totally, float. I don't see, know if, if that to, happens, you can totally rub it in my face. I don't know if, don't know if you get to go on the float. I'll, I'll, I'll lobby for you. I will. I'll say he's coming off a back-to-back bachelor party weekends. <laughs> Maybe he thought he was functioning at a higher level than he than he was. Okay. All right. Real quick. Just that means a lot. Your Thank thoughts. you. The, the, I'll lobby the for back, you. The back nine of all you to this. Be there. Before we get to the NFC, because I want to go to the NFC real quick. Yeah, Just one yeah. thought from each of you. Tua was 9, Jimmy G 10, Russell Wilson 11, Kenny Pickett 12, Tannehill 13, Mac Jones 14, Gardner Minshew 15, Davis Mills 16. Poizel, one thought. My thought is that are there 
And I, I will admittedly say I took this from, uh, I saw a tweet yesterday from Darren Gant, who is in my role with the Panthers. He said, or he asked, are there seven good quarterbacks in the NFC? I think the answer definitively is no, there's not. The NFC is even more so way uh, several steps below the AFC. I don't know if there's seven good quarterbacks in the NFC. In the NFC? Yes. He just asked oh, you a question. I thought you were talking about About AFC. the AFC. <laughs> no, the AFC. He I wanted to through. He read you the quarterbacks. Nine through I'm, six. He's, he's over here daydreaming about Trevor Lawrence. I was, he's not paying attention. One. What's going on here? This is great. It's outrageous. I was thinking about Z, you're talking about wants to know if you have one thought on quarterbacks quarterbacks 9 through 16 in the AFC. Do you have one thought? My thought is Russell Wilson's too high on this list at number 11 after last year. (laughs) He sounds just flamethrowing. If Russell Russell Wilson with if Russell Wilson with Sean Payton is not markedly better, like we've seen Russell Wilson be good. He was good two years ago. He was excellent. I think there was bad coaching there. Was that he was a victim of that? Mm-hmm. I think Russell Wilson will Again, be much higher on the I, I still, next year. I still got to see it though. I got to see it. You have seen it. The guy's won Super Bowl. No, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I agree with him right now. Here and now. You don't think with Sean Payton, Russell Wilson is going to be more like Russell Wilson? I think it could I, be, I but hope. we haven't seen it yet. I actually, actually, I yet. don't hope. I need him to be what he was last year, which was hot garbage. Have I we seen Jimmy Garoppolo with the Raiders? Huh. No, I, I'm saying I think both those guys should be lower. Huh? Then. And who do you want to go ahead of them? Kenny Pickett? Yes. Oh, boys out. Is that really that surprising? Pickett? Who? No, G- Gibbs, Anthony. do you agree with me or no? Now you're getting an Anthony from me. Okay, Kenny Pickett. I don't know if I'd have Ru- I, Russell's Seven touchdown than passes right and now. nine picks on the season, Kenny Pickett. I. But what did we see from Russell Wilson last year? Russell Wilson wasn't great last year, but what's funny is, watch, when I tell you his stats, it's be- better than you would think, even We're though it was We're not going to get to the NFC quarterbacks. Boys There's only seven good ones. You heard my thought on he's it. Already, yeah, he's already <laughs> exactly. giving you Darren Gant. Well, he's giving you Darren Gant's thought on it. Last year, Russell Wilson, 60% completions, 3,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, 11 picks. Still had a better quarterback rating than whatchamacallit. But, I mean, the, the two years prior than that, 65 touchdowns, 19 picks. Like, he's going to be fine. He's gonna be fine. I don't think he's lost. I, I he's thirty-four years old. I wouldn't say he's gonna be fine. He's if you fine. guys, if you guys want, Payton, if you guys want to wrestle with me over like the rankings on this, that's fine. I understand, but I don't know if you could say Russell Wilson is going to be fine. We haven't seen it yet. Z, come on. We haven't I seen agree. it yet. What do you mean? Not with not in We've Denver. We've seen him have one down year no. with a bad it was coach. A significant. What would you have said? So okay, hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So hold on, hold on. So would you have said if this list was made prior to the twenty twenty two season, would you have Trevor Lawrence at sixteen because we haven't seen it yet and he was dreadful? I don't know if we would have had him at 16, but it obviously would have been a lot lower. Yes, and now we've seen it, and now we can rank him higher. Is that that crazy to wrap your head around? It is hard for me because basically I think what I feel like you're saying is why, like this year is just a repeat of last year. That's not true at all. There's going to be so much change, and one of the things you have to factor into the changes are the player, the environment, Look, and I think it's a much different environment with Sean Payton you're going to come back and Nathaniel Hackett. The NFC QBs. Unfortunately, Bishop's going to be here to give you the business too. Oh, my God. Wait till he hears about the new coast of JJD. I like it. You stand, Look. hey, stand pat. I'm still going to lie for you. Good. He's going to say, bring I it am. back tomorrow. We need more of this. Yes. So much more to come. Thank you, AP, for stopping by. It was a tremendous performance, to be honest with you. We'll be back finishing <laughs> things up here on Clean Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
All right, just so people, a little peek behind the curtain, we now have a Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett 2023 stats handshake over tacos. I'm going to eat those tacos after I get your tacos. Hey, now. No, but I got to get your tacos. It's time. Yeah, I do owe you. And Bo. Sad. sad. Will Scarlett's on his way. He's coming? We're going to have a little oh, good. debate. Oh, man. I can't wait. All right. There he is, the D-line coach, Ben Bloom, strolling around. Luminaries. Luminaries. Big time, folks. All right. Thank you again to Brooke Pryor. Thanks to Dane Brugler. And definitely thanks to the firecracker, Anthony Poizal, for coming in here and just stirring the pot. We'll be back tomorrow. The next level is next. Thanks for listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.